Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we dissect and correct the TV advertisements that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm one of your co-hosts, Courtney, and right next to me is my BFF and also a co-host, Al. Hey, folks. Hey, f- oh, hey, folks. Hey, folks. <laughs> You're bringing that energy. I've got energy. I'm full of vim and vigor. Oh, wow, I am definitely not. Oh, I'm in a buddy. lot of pain right now. <laughs> But I'm gonna blast through. We're gonna we're gonna blast through this one because I'm really excited for this one. I'm excited too. Al, I think I made a just a, a big error. Oh no! Because this ad creep is mega sized. <laughs> <laughs> meaning meaning that it's not gonna go on for like ten hours because uh, I did edit it down from ten pages of <sighs> research. Woof. Type size ten. Um, <laughs> My sources were buck wild. Uh, I did edit it down, but this this ad creeps I'm going to do could be five separate ad creeps. Just really opening a can of worms, huh? It is. You better watch out, buddy, because it's, it's sloppy all over the place. Uh, I'm sure we're going to, you know, do all these ad creeps eventually. You can't run out of ads. You cannot run out of ads. You can't run out There's, of ads. No. No. No, 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 no. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. I just want to get started. Please tap in when you know... Because there's five of them. One one is going to be the big boy. Okay. But let me know if you know what ads I'm going to be talking about. Okay. Okay? You ready? Yeah. Okay. Okay. John Cherry Third was an executive for Nashville-based Cardin and Cherry Advertisement Agency. In 1981, Cherry was put in charge of producing an ad for Beach Bend Park, an amusement park in Bowling Greens, Kentucky. Beach Bend had been scheduled for renovation and wanted an ad to celebrate their updates to the public. The only problem is Cherry wouldn't be filming the ad while the renovations would be going on. So Beach Bend requested that he not show the park in its dilapidated state. Cherry knew he needed a spokesperson who could carry the audience's attention so they wouldn't miss on not seeing the product. John Cherry III turned to a friend, Kentucky native Jim Varney. (laughs) An... (laughs) Ernest goes into advertising. Oh boy! Well... (laughs) Did he go into it, or did he start with it? <gasps> what? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, my God. Al, I'm going to fucking blast your mind. <laughs> and everyone else who grew up with Ernst. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to say Ernst. I know the character's name is Ernest, but my, my family always said Ernst. So that's how I'm going to say it. I love it. it. Okay. <laughs> okay. John Cherry turned to a friend, Kentucky native Jim Varney, an actor who previously starred in in a Cardin and Cherry car commercial. Together, the character's spokesman they created was, quote, intrusive and lovable, a pushy know-it-all who would tell his neighbor Vern all the good things about the park. I'm sorry, Ernst? A know-it-all? Yeah, he he explains everything. I felt like he was a know-it-none. Well, that's the <laughs> that's the funny part. <laughs> Without showing a single broken-down roller coaster, Ernest P. Worrell was born. The P stands for power tool. What? <laughs> this is the biggest. This is the the biggest get since Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. I think that's just good. Power tool. Yeah. That's what he is. That's what he, that's what, oh, that's what he is. If you guys don't know the Ernest. The Ernst. Uh, the Ernst, as I like to call him. He was a big part of my life growing up. <laughs> I don't know. Was he, did you watch? We watched a few Ernst. I was not a fan. No, really? I did not like his brand of comedy. Was he just too much? He was too much for me, a child oh. with severe anxiety. <laughs> he was just enough. <laughs> 
for me, I I like to when I was researching this, I realized that like I always say that I grew up with um I love Lucy mm-hmm. and her kind of comedy and timing and facial expressions really made me become the like comedian when, when I'm on stage who I am. But then I realized Ernest also did as well. <laughs> I see a lot of Ernest in you. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> The rubber face? Oh, boy. (laughs) Though the amusement park commercial was not long for this world because Beach Bend shut down before they could finish renovations, the er first Ernest ad was put on Karen and Cherry's demo reel. Soon local companies started to convince Cherry to make spots for them using their Ernest character to promote. Cherry obliged by churning out 25 ads per day. Thanks for to Varney's ability to memorize lines quickly due to his photogenic memory. Oh my god. Jim Varney eventually appeared in over 6,000 <laughs> local TV spots across the southern and midwestern United States. <gasps> hey, Varney. It sure is hot up here, Varney. I bet you'd like a cold, smooth smell of yellow right now, wouldn't you? Yeah, I just bet you would. You know, Vern, there's nothing like a good old cold metal yellow when you're all hot and sweaty. I think it sure beats that Mountain Dew. Six thousand. Six thousand. This man's a machine. The ads were so popular, a VHS collection of the Ernest's best ads oh. were released in the late eighties. Oh my god! Uh, Can I tell you? There's the one thing that I find fascinating about old ads is yeah. is the um the propensity for an ad company to own a character yeah. that then other like other people who own products would say, can I have that character in my well, ad? that's the thing. It doesn't happen very often. Like, the fact that a pitchman would go to different, um, I mean, I could have done this ad creep. Ernest was a very unique pitchman because he did other, like, he went from, he did Mellow Yellow. <gasps> he did, and then he did a local ice cream. He did car ads. He did everything, 6,000 of them. Yeah. And it really didn't matter because what was popular was the character. Uh, I mean, he had a, before he did any movies, any TV shows, a 20,000-member fan club. That's so wild. Just for his ads. And you were one of, you were in it. I was in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, it was, I think it would be 87, so I would be a babe, a baby. And I would have been just born. (laughs) (laughs) Then Ernest did the one thing an advertising spokesman had never done before. He went from TV ads to TV series to a 10-film franchise. No one had done that before? No one had ever done that before. That's, oh my God. So and now, now, Ernest, you, <laughs> Ernest, you bastard, because you're the reason that we have the Caveman movie and the fucking, the, the Taco Bell Chihuahua movie and Al, the, let Ernst. Me, let me get to it. <laughs> I'm furious. <laughs> let me get to it. Um, There was a couple other ads that kind of leapt into TV series. Like, there was a Mean Joe Green Mm. TV series with, like, him and the kid. Mm -hmm. Did not do very well. Um, But he was the first one to go to TV series to movies. Like, ten franchise movies. Yeah. Uh, His first film, I believe it's Ernest Scared... No, Ernest Goes to Camp. One of my personal favorites. (laughs) Uh, Grossed $23 from a tiny $3 million budget. Wow. I do want to tell... See, I'm sure we're going to do an Ernest ad creep, because I... I really want to do just one on him. Sorry, this is not... This is not... <laughs> Al? Is It ain't about Ernest. Buddy! What? <laughs> what are you doing? I told you! <laughs> I don't know! I don't 
don't know. I don't know. Wow. I, I do want to tell you a story about how he got the franchise. Okay. Uh, so he um, he was such a big character. So he was invited to be in the Indianapolis 500 parade. So he's just in a car and he's in his like little jean vest. And Disney executives were fucking in the audience. <gasps> and people were shouting at him, hey, Vern, hey, Vern. <laughs> and the Disney executive, who the fuck is this guy? So he he got a deal that way. That's why yeah, they're like they they love this guy. They love to shout at this yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cherry and Varney had done something no one else had done. They made a successful jump from Pitchman to TV special to TV series to movie franchise. There had been few advertisements that have tried to recapture the magic of making that sort of jump. Many were abysmal failures. Some were critically acclaimed successes, and one became a nostalgic classic with a global estimated impact of $6 billion. Oh, I have no idea, and I'm terrified. (laughs) Uh, It's Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) Okay, you ready to go on this ride with me? I'm ready. Okay. In 2000, freeinternet.com was an internet service provider that had been enjoying a moderate boom in success. Ten months after its initial launch, it had managed to gather up more than 3.2 million registered users and was rated as the 10th most popular web destination, which is buck wild. I've never, I didn't even... No. Like, AOL, maybe. Yeah. like... uh, So what was its secret? A talking baby named Bob. The baby (laughs) Bob... I'm going to have a hard time saying Baby Bob. The Baby Bob ads featured a baby named Bob on a lazy boy chair talking about freeinternet.com. I've never seen this. (laughs) The Baby Bob ads were so popular, they caught the attention of CBS. And the network executives greenlit a series based around the talking baby boy. What? (laughs) Al, they tapped producer Michael Salzman who also produced Wings and Murphy Brown. Oh, damn! Murphy Brown! (laughs) He was not so sure about the project at first. Quote, my first reaction was, I'll take the meeting, but in no way am I going to do a Talking Baby. (laughs) You know what's so wild is that people are still trying to, like, Talking Babies have been Look who's talking, yeah. And and people are still trying to make Boss Baby. They're still trying to make them happen. They can't. You can't. They won't. And and the commercial, if you watch it, it's very, um, I don't remember when Babe came out, but it's very Babe. You know how Pig they the use? N- no, the original. Oh, okay. <laughs> Different technology. <laughs> it's just a baby sitting and it's got the, little the mouth. mouth. Yeah. Sussman should have gone with his gut since the sitcom was taken off air after nine episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, baby Bob. I think, so I was looking through baby Bob and it's just, uh, it's a family and the baby talks Okay, so this is like a proto-Stewie. Oh, it is like proto-Stewie. Well, no, because one, I think like the father is embarrassed, like they want to hide They're talking the baby, baby, and the mom's like, no, let's share him with the world. I'm so proud of this talking baby. baby. <laughs> you can see how it lasted six months. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, nine, nine. Rich ground. Another one I talked about lasted six. Oh. Baby Bob actually bounced back and later appeared in ads for Quiznos and E-Trade. What? I remember the Quiznos ads. I don't. Oh, we'll watch them later. Okay. Don't worry about it. No, no, come on over. I got air hockey. Bob, we're rolling. Oh. <clears throat> hey, Bob here for Quiznos. Have you tried Quiznos mesquite chicken with bacon sub? It's piled high with tender mesquite chicken, crisp, savory bacon, and it all comes toasted the way only Quiznos can. I'm telling you when my molars grow in. In 1994, 
Geico aired a 15-second spot. You don't, you have no idea, Al. You have no idea. A 15-second spot saying that its website was so easy, a caveman could do it. Steve Bassett of Martin Agency, the group behind the ad campaign, explained the idea. Quote, it started off with a real simple creative brief. You heard the advertising formula, so easy a blank could do it, or so easy a kid could do it, or so easy a monkey could do it. How can we position this and not offend anyone? (laughs) Well, one of the guys on the creative team said, how about cavemen? They're no longer around, we won't get any letters on that. <laughs> Can you see where this might... You could see why this... You, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> it's so easy to use Geico.com, a caveman could do it. What? <laughs> oh, no. I, not cool. I did not no. know you were there. The first caveman ad soon expanded to a series of commercials, which aired right before the 2007 Super Bowl. The primary creator of the caveman characters, Joe Lawson, got a phone call from ABC the following month to put a pilot order in for a season of 13 half-hour episodes. But how do you make a TV series based on cavemen being upset? Lawson explained, quote, The cavemen, on a very subtle level, are reflecting and commenting on something that's going on in culture today. Yes. The ad campaign acknowledges the world we live in. And ours is a politically correct country. (laughs) People seem to feel victimized in some... Al is stabbing themselves. Uh, Don't feel victimized, Al, by this ad creep. I do. (laughs) Seem to feel victimized in some way, no matter who they are. And that's reflected in the ad. Ironically, the pilot episode was never aired after ABC uh, deemed it too racist. (laughs) Shocker! We gotta get into these guys. We gotta talk about these guys. We gotta talk. I I read the synopsis. So the pilot is actually on YouTube right now. Mm. It's abysmal. (laughs) Number one, did you know um, Nick Kroll? Was one of the cavemen. Really? In his first television. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) The ads, or sorry, the TV series is so bad because it's like common, it's like commenting on like people being offended and like they're trying to do social commentary of like, you know, people are offended. And by doing that, they're like criticizing that and coming off as like, you know, bad. (laughs) Gosh. It's really bad. We got it. We got to get. I feel it. like I know the executives who I, are like I into feel that kind of thing. We got to watch it all, baby, <laughs> and do a special on it. After six episodes, Caveman was canceled. Good, good. <laughs> it was very bad. Ugh. While Baby Bob failed and Caveman became bigots, an NBC sports promo evolved into a critically acclaimed series in 2020. Critically acclaimed. Yeah. So good this time. This is a good one. Okay. This is a one that actually they just ordered the second season. Oh. Yeah. And it's one that I currently have been enjoying. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> huh? It's the, it's the man. It's, it sure it's is. It's Ted Lasso. In 2013, NBC had acquisitioned the rights to broadcast the Premier League in the U.S., but how would they get Americans into British soccer? NBC aired a four-minute promo titled An American Coach in London. Oh, my God. Which featured Brendan Hunt as Coach Beard and Jason Sudeikis as head coach Ted Lasso. <gasps> this was an ad. Okay. I know I know it was an ad. I had I, no I idea. I had no idea. But I, I feel like I have to give Ernst a little leniency now. 
Yeah, right? Because he, he's sure, the grandfather. He gave us so many bad things, but if he also gave us Ted Lasso, oh, Ted which Lasso. is just heartwarming. Can I just... Oh, it's so... Did you... Have you watched it? I've watched about half of the first season. Okay. I... We, we just got into it, and um, all I could think about in the first episode is how good his hair is. Oh, my God. And then I'm like... Oh, his hair is just my hair. <laughs> I mean, there is a certain amount of gender euphoria in Ted Lasso. Uh, Ted Lasso is perfect. Yeah. He's who he's the man I want to be, he's honestly. He's a nice man. The mustache, very good. He's thoughtful. He bakes really good cookies. Yeah. Oh, Ted. Ted. Love him. <laughs> he's a trans mass superstar. <laughs> I tell you what. The promo was so popular, NBC uh, produced another in 2014 and together went viral and gained over 20 million views on YouTube. A team I coach, they're going to play hard for all four quarters, okay? Uh, two halves. What's that? Two halves. Okay, halves. They're going to play hard for two halves. And we're going to play till there's a winner and there's or a loser. A tie. What's that? A tie. Okay, till there's a winner, a loser, or a tie. You can tie. Thinking there might be something out there, Sudeikis got together with Hunt and fellow Second City alum Joe Kelly to see if they could flesh out a full Ted Lasso series. So this is in 2014. That's that wild. Doing. That's so long I ago. Know. <laughs> Quote, when you have a germ of, a, of an idea, you don't know if it's something you got to say out loud or if it's a tweet or a letter or a screenplay. Who knows, Sudeikis said. So we sat down and we were able to bang out a pilot pretty quick in that week as well as outlining six to ten episodes of the first season. And that let us know, okay, there's something here. Sudeikis tapped on his friend and colleague Bill Lawrence, who was behind, uh, what, Scrubs and Spin City. And actually, they like the story is that they play basketball together, and Bill Lawrence actually pitched um, Jason Sudeikis with a TV show. And Jason's like, Mm, I think I have to pass on that bill, but what about this one? Oh. And it was Ted Lasso. Wow. They soon found a new home on the new Apple TV streaming service or just, you know, you pirate it. <laughs> like me. <laughs> I mean, I subscribe. And a true blue hit was born. What was the difference between Ted and his forefathers, a talking baby and a trio of disgruntled Neanderthals? Unlike its predecessors, the Ted Lasso series fleshes out its characters and have had a variety of real-life conflict that Baby Bob and Caveman lacked. Were the Cavemen Neanderthals? Isn't Cavemen Neanderthals? Not necessarily. I can't have this conversation with you. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't even gotten to the big ad yet. I'm sorry, is Ted Lasso not the ad? No, baby. What the fuck, dude? (laughs) Just like, I told you! You're edging me! Just like Ernest P. Worrell, Ted Lasso was able to capture our hearts and break out of the ad campaign world into a wider audience. But even Lasso and Ernest's success could not touch the ad campaign that created the king of nostalgia-based blockbusters. Can I tell you how I feel right now? How do you feel right now? I feel like we're in, you know those long white hallways with all the doors on either side? Yeah, when you die and you're going up to heaven. And you're like leading me down the hallway and we're peeking in all the doors. Yeah. But you're, every time I like try to go through the door, you're like, (laughs) not yet, not yet, not yet. And I'm like, well, what is it then? Al, are you ready to slam? And jam with me <laughs> and my friend Michael Jordan. In the space jam. <laughs> wow. Did you did you finish? 
What a long road it's been. We're here. I feel like this podcast so far has been as long as 2020, <laughs> but in a good way. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's only been 20 minutes, my dude. <laughs> I know, but it feels like the edging really the edging, drags The it edging, out. really. Sorry. I gotta edge us. Should I do my dance at the Space Jam? No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> We're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> Let me talk about it. Fine. Michael Jordan retired from basketball on October 6, 1993, citing his father's death as the reason he had lost his desire to play. Okay. He, however, did not lose the desire to market and push his many lucrative brand deals. <laughs> <laughs> Got him! He did, like, hundreds of commercials. And he did, what, didn't he go into golf? Yeah, he went into golf and baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Bo Jackson has a, needs to have a word with him. <laughs> One of those deals was in the pocket of Nike. In the early 90s, Nike was still not a worldwide shoe shoe institution. It was still a Beaverton, Oregon-based company that was trying to push sports sneakers on the public. I didn't realize Nike, like, invented the running shoe. Huh. Like, it was just, that was They them. just did that. They just, people, what were they running in before? Slippers. <laughs> <laughs> In 1990, it had just opened up its first retail stores, Nike Town, across major cities. I mentioned this because I remember the Nike Town in Seattle. Boy, it is a product of 1990. Sorry, were people not running prior to 1990? (laughs) No, they had sneakers. Like, they released their first running shoe in, like, the 70s. Oh, okay. But 1990, they would only sell... So, previous to that, they would sell Nike shoes in other shoe stores. Oh, but this was their own... This was their own Nike Town. Nike Town. It's Nike Town. Don't you take me to Nike Town. Forget it, Jake. What? It's Nike Town. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nike had first partnered with Michael Jordan in 1984, where they created the basketball star his first pair of Air Jordans. The Jordan 1s were later banned by the NBA because of the 51% rule, which required a certain amount of white on the shoe. (laughs) Wow! I... (laughs) I didn't... (laughs) I needed to leave that in. (laughs) That's why every word of that. Also, the 51% rule meant Larry Bird had to play on every team. (laughs) Sorry. Got him again. Got him again. Stop being racist. Okay. By 1992, the Air Jordan... Oh, I have to count Roman numerals. V-I-I. Five, six, seven? Yeah, seven. Seven. I have a reference to Super Bowl, and I had to write it out, because I cannot count out that many Roman numerals. It's just too many of this. Just so, these regular numbers, there's guys. There's C's now. You're not the Romans. Fuck. We know. <laughs> what are you trying to pretend? Uh, Nike tapped Jim Riz... Not Griswold. Jim Riswold. 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 Griswold. Not Griswold. No. Riswold. Of the Portland-based agency, Wyden and Kennedy, to come up with a new ad campaign that would be the first major example of market-tested nostalgia. Rizwald's idea for the new ad would be based on his love for Looney Tunes and his personal desire to meet Bugs Bunny. Okay, well, first of all, Rizwald, there's, there, you need to talk. <laughs> there's a whole interview with him. He's really into the Looney Tunes. Like, did he want to meet the voice of Bugs Bunny? No. Okay. He's, he is, okay, I'll get into him. He thought Looney Tunes had been watered down. Oh, no. Listen to this one. Rizwell wanted to revive the old bugs that he remembered in childhood, but soon found himself butting heads with Warner Brothers. Quote, how can I put this? Well, I don't need to say anything politely anymore. They had all that, bugs can't be violent, bugs can't be this, Porky can't stutter, all this. 
What the fuck are you talking about? Bugs is violent, and there was some early arguing back and forth. We played chicken with them and said, well, fine, we'll do it with Roger Rabbit. And that kind of changed things. <laughs> yeah, it's like Bugs is an outlaw and Warner Brothers sanitized him. Hmm? Oh, what? And I, and I think one of the things we wanted to do, or at least me as a fan to my fellow fans, was to unsanitize Bugs Bunny to give him some of that irreverence and stuff that made him Bugs Bunny in the ad. He wants Bugs Bunny to kill a man. <laughs> Though Bugs Bunny... Murder. Bugs Bunny, like, there was a lot, like, there's a lot of guns in yeah. Bugs Bunny. Yeah. The only Bugs Bunny I care about is when he the Valkyrie bit when yeah, he ba, ba, da, da, da. yeah that's yeah. all I care about. No, he kills he shoots and kills a lot. Yeah, of he people. kills a lot of people. But look, listen, he's an outlaw. <laughs> he's an outlaw, and he's running from the the cheese. The, that's the cheese. not something that we no, say. No, it's not. No, um, Rizwald's ads uh, titled "Hair Jordan," which is very cute, uh, premiered during the 1992 Super Bowl. Uh, which was actually Nike's only third Super Bowl ad. And what Super Bowl was that? I have it written here. Just hold on. I'll get to it. (laughs) (laughs) The ad won USA's fourth annual Super Bowl ad meter and was deemed clever, funny, eye-catching, and a super production by Ad Age's Bob Garfield. A super production. Well, because it is a lot. Yeah. Bugs Bunny was the hero of Super Bowl 26. Oh. 26. Nike followed up the ad with another Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan crossover in 1993 titled Aerospace Jordan, which featured the rabbit and basketball star taking on Marvin the Martian and his green alien goons in space. What is... Oh, interesting. Mm. It was Jordan's agent, David Falk, who we have to blame for all of this. (laughs) He steered the boat towards Hollywood. Falk pushed for a Jordan Bugs Bunny movie based solely on, quote, its merchandising potential. That... You know what? That's this what is they, an ad creep. All they care about, man, is making I, that green. Oh boy! <laughs> Thanks, Bob Dylan. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> making that green. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> okay, we're almost done. <laughs> I gotta just go through the movie Space Jam. That's it. Oh, the plot of the movie Space Jam. <laughs> no, how they made the movie oh, Space okay. Jam. It's a wild ride. At the same time, Warner Brothers was hoping to revive its lost Looney Tune franchise. By 1992, the tunes were mostly seen through syndication. I didn't realize this. Oh, that no, that makes sense. Because, I mean, I remember, like, except, aside from Tiny Tunes. Well, Tiny Tunes, so I looked this up. Tiny Tunes was a t- 1990, 1990 to 92. Mm-hmm. And that was the first actual series since, like, the original, tiny, the original Looney Tunes. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I remember... Watching when I was a kid, when I was like, you know, five to eight, whatever, Tiny Toons and old episodes of Looney Tunes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So they wanted to get back into it. Hmm. Warner Brothers tapped on Hair Jordan's original director, Joe Pica, uh, to direct the ad campaigns Jump to the Big Screen. Pica had worked through Jordan for a long time, and the studio thought he would be the person to, quote, extract enough acting out of Jordan to make the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to make the $100 million project soar. Now, if you watch Space Jam, you know he was not able to do that. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Joe Pica had previously worked on other critically claimed ads like, this is your brain on drugs. What? And had been called, I kid you not, the greatest director of television commercials who had ever lived by ad age. Okay, guys, that's a lot. That's like a lot. <laughs> maybe ad age? Well, that's a lot. <laughs> look. <laughs> Now he's doing fucking Space Jam. <laughs> Even though Pike had thrived on the small screen, he soon found out that directing a star-studded movie where most of the stars were animated was a secret type of hell. Gotcha! 
Jordan, who was used to spending a short day filming a single TV commercial, found the hours spent on the movie set to be unbearable at times. Oh, man. There's a whole thing about, like, how at 4 o'clock he's like, well, we're over, right? And they're like, no, Jordan, like, we're going till, you know, 9. He's like, no, I have a, I have a golf game. Like, he would just leave. I golf. He just leaves. Wow. Yeah. This was compiled by his frequent co-stars, a troupe of comedians who was paid to wear green bodysuits to match the green set. The actors would be on their knees, running around Jordan, shooting out the Looney Tunes lines. <laughs> That's hell. That's hell. <laughs> on someone's knees. Was Bill Murray in Space Yes, Jam? Bill Murray was in Space Jam. Okay, Jam. cool. Fun fact also, they wanted fucking Michael J. Fox to play the Wayne Knight character. What? Michael J. Fox said no. They went to Jason Alexander, who also said no. <laughs> but, he, but Jason's like, but I have this guy, my buddy Wayne. Oh, man. And then that's how Wayne Knight got that role. Newman. He's there, baby. Baby. Let's see. The movie seemed to be such a disaster that even Nike, the company which bore the original Air Jordan ads, no longer wanted to be involved in the pro- in the project. <laughs> this it's not an ad creep at all because it was supposed to be about Nike Air Jordans, but it there's no Air Jordans. That's amazing. They, they just like, like you know what we're good. Actually, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine walking in green screens, comedians, UCB actors on their knees, running around a very tall man, a very tall man. He's like, I gotta golf, please, <laughs> please let please me golf. Let me golf. <laughs> Jordan was quickly losing patience. At one point during the filming, Jordan turned to Pika on set and said, I thought you said this would be fucking fun. <gasps> it's a job. Sorry. It's, they're paying you to do work. <laughs> Quote, says Pika, I just think he hated the whole experience. <laughs> Every aspect of it. Remember in basketball, you're in total control of everything. In a movie, you're at the mercy of everyone. The director, the cinematographer, and in this case, Bugs Bunny in a green screen. <laughs> But the outlaw Bugs Bunny. <laughs> but the bad one. <laughs> the one who cusses. <laughs> Trying to appease Jordan and keep the movie moving, Warner Brothers built a regulation basketball court next to the set called the Jordan Dome. Jordan would invite buddies like Magic Johnson and Reggie Miller to stop by for pickup games after filming at like six o'clock, right? Yeah. <laughs> or four, whenever. <laughs> It is said that these movie set practices shaped up Jordan's comeback and championship run with the Bulls in 1995. Wow. Without Space Jam, there would be no Bulls championship in 95. Maybe maybe Michael Jordan's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't. I can't do I it. I can't. I gotta play basketball. Sorry, we're, Pops. We're through the looking glass here, people. It's happening. The Fruits of Pika's green screen-based labor was Space Jam, which hits theaters November 15th, 1996. I remember this. How could you not remember this? It came out my birthday month, and boy howdy did I fucking eat that shit up. <laughs> Space Jam th- theme party, for sure. How much do we owe to Quad City DJs? Just wondering. You know I'll splice it somewhere. Oh, you gotta splice at least a, it at least a little bit. I spliced it throughout. <laughs> just every now and then you hear a little every bit. Every time you question where we're going, it's just gonna be Just work your body, work your body, make sure you don't hurt nobody. Actually, when I thought of this idea, I played the theme song. I could play it for about mm, 13 seconds until my nerves just were oh, at no. the peak. <laughs> It amped me up too much. It got you too amped. It just was too amped. There's too much much jock in that jam. (laughs) Though I had mixed reviews, it grossed 
20, oh, $230 million, which is not, it basically grossed as much as, there was a Batman that was released that year, I think, about, oh. about it was Batman level, okay. that's pretty good. Okay. It's Grammy Award winning soundtrack went six times platinum, fuck yes it did, uh, and I don't know about you, but every graduating class of like grade six, like into middle school, saying I believe I could fly... <sighs> By I don't remember who it's by. Oh, I don't think anyone actually. It really wrote actually it was or no saying one. it. It was by Bugs Bunny. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's definitely what it was with Wayne Knight. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> they wanted Michael J. Fox. Funny. Enough, yeah. It's so weird. Gonna... But uh, yeah. Warner Brothers was finally able to capitalize on the Looney Tunes property by pushing out a variety of TV series, video games, comic books, direct-to-video, and other theatrical movies, including. Do you remember Looney Tunes Lunatics? Unleashed, the like edgy. Oh, yeah, that came out right after Space Jam. Wow, can I tell you what I love? Actually, now that I've really had a chance to marinate in it, yeah, I love that uh, there was someone who was like, "I want Bugs Bunny to go back to the way he was and be an outlaw, and I want everything to be the way it was in classic Looney Tunes, but I also want there to be a really hot girl bunny." <laughs> no, 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 no. You have to s- separate Hair Jordan, the guy who wanted that. Is separate from okay, okay, um, okay. Uh, Ros- Res- Ros- uh, Roswald. He didn't want anything to do with space. Oh, Roswald. Yeah, he actually hated it. He's like Sylvester and Tweety working together. This is bullshit. <laughs> this would never happen. This is a crime. In my Looney Tunes, <laughs> they're enemies. Elmer Fudd, Yosemite Sam. I don't think so. <laughs> Monsters? More like Monstop! I'll post the interview in the sources. He goes off. <laughs> he is not a fan. Wow. Space Jam merchandise raked in $1.2 billion. I believe it, man. I've seen the big tease. With a worldwide impact of 4 to $6 million billion <laughs> over time. Wow. Yeah. We're still buying it, man. Oh, of course we are. At we're buying it from thrift stores. I love it. Oh, yeah. I saw a Looney Tunes one in the thrift store. Space Jam experiment had worked beyond what Warner Brothers could fathom. Hair Jordan had officially broken into the big screen. Ernest Power Tools Whirl would have been proud. Ernst. <laughs> you started this, man. You're going to have to finish He's, it. He did. <laughs> Didn't he die? I I think he did. Recall. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's the story. I'm really sweaty. Can I see the commercial now? Oh, I guess we still have to do that. (laughs) Yeah, let's watch it. Let's cut to commercial. We'll return after these messages. (laughs) Of course you know this means war. Air Jordan and Air Jordan. What'd you expect? Elmer Fudd? Yoo-hoo! Nice choice. This could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. That's all, folks. That's my line. Welcome back to the show. Okay, <clears throat> so there's a group of young muscle boys. Oh, can we talk about these muscle boys? 
<laughs> They're the star of the show. Now you have Michael Jordan and also your Bugs Bunny, but the Muscle Boys, these four Muscle Boys, Chuckle Fox, himbos ahead of their time. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Um, they're they're sassin, they're sassin Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. They're razzing him. Yeah, and they're like, you can't beat us. Now he's sleeping under the YMCA floor. He that he lives there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and they, so he, he, they harass him. Yeah. And he's like, well, let's play basketball for it. Yeah. I guess. There's uh-huh. no word. Well, no. there's, there were, there's words, but they're not. They don't mean anything. Just, they truly don't mean anything. Uh, and then he, he says, okay, so here's my buddy, Mike Jordan. Yeah. Uh, and they pull on their shoes. In 1992, Michael Jordan he's is a just baby. a baby. He's just a baby. He's so sweet. Oh, so soft. Um, and then they play against the Muscle Boys. Yeah. Um, with the, all sorts of tricks, like pies in the face. Now, where did the violence come in? Well, this is my question. Yeah. Okay. Because this is the guy. Yeah, who's, this is the guy. This is yeah. Roswald who's like, yeah. I need the outlaw. Yeah. The outlaw Bugs Bunny who cusses and does violence. And it's like, yeah, okay. He puts a pie in the face and he... There is an anvil. There's an anvil. And that him's dead. That man died in the yeah. basement of the YCMA where Bugs Bunny lives. Yeah. But also, <laughs> Bugs Bunny has a dead man in his bed. <laughs> but also, this man is like, you know what else I really love? What? Let's get Bugs Bunny in a dress. <laughs> Aren't you supportive? I support Bugs Bunny. Of gender fluid Bugs Bunny. I, I support gender fluid Bugs Bunny. That's yeah. one of my favorite things about him. That's yeah. why I love the Valkyrie we love sequence. Him. But why oh, does Rizwald love this? <laughs> why is this part of Rizwald's vision of the outlaw know. Bugs Bunny? <laughs> I don't this think. is not outlaw behavior. <laughs> Isn't it? No, I mean, actually... Gender te- outlaws. Technically, in, you know, a lot of very cool trans people in history were what would be yeah, considered outlaws. That's true. Uh, including um, the, the one man from, from Seattle who was just constantly... Yep. A pain in the ass of the police. Yeah. And, and a cab. We love him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's... Maybe that's what he meant. That's not what he Gender meant. Gender outlaw. You have to understand that. No, that's not it what is. No, I read... You, you simply Al. have to understand. I read the interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, trans people are the real outlaws. We're the most badass. And, yeah. And you're going to just have to deal with it. But this man, um, I simply don't know. I simply can't fathom it. So anyways, they win the basketball game, and, and the himbos are, are upset. Yeah. And then... Um, the little circle closes, yeah. uh, the iris out, and uh, b- uh, Mike's there, and he says, that's all, folks. And then Porky Pig says, oh, that's my line. And he stutters. He stutters. Like a, like a man. Like <laughs> like a man that Rizwald wanted him to be. <laughs> oh, I just hate folks like that, you know? <laughs> well, that's I why I filled, dang, this, I filled this ad cruise full of them for you. <laughs> just ding dang hate him. Al? Yeah. Space Jam 2 is happening. Space Jam 2 is happening. Um, actually, today, in, in January, the fucking the fucking preview came out. Oh, really? Yeah, today. I got an alert on my phone. Okay, because that's my, how you roll. Because, my, well, my cash has been blasted <laughs> by the Bugs Man. Um, so I think that, like, you know, Nike's got to push out okay, another he, Hair Jordan. No, here's the thing, though. Okay. What if... Because we were talking about how, you know, like, different companies will use the same mascots. True, yeah. So what if he's advertising Yeezys? No. <laughs> I don't think we can. Okay, okay, I don't, okay, I don't okay, think okay. I want to... Vibrams? Oh, hello. <laughs> Wait, do Vibrams exist now? Yeah, but what, Vibrams Five Fingers? I don't think they... I think they kind of 
scientifically proven that they're very bad for your feet. Okay, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. I guess they exist. They're just very, I guess I guess they need a new ad campaign. Oh, man, with those wiggly little feet. Oh, gross. Okay. I guess Bugs Bunny would look real good in those. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm upset by it now. Okay, okay. Okay, so Nike needs a new Hair Jordan. Yeah, they, they do. Hair Jordan 3, I guess. Is it? But is Mike in the mix? Well, that's up to you. Mm. Do we need another sportsman? I feel like we might need another sportsman, but that really, you know, brings up an issue, which yeah. is that I don't know any. <laughs> you know? It doesn't have to be a sportsman. Okay, who else Who else wears shoes? Who wears shoes? <laughs> Maybe, okay, Mike's going back to golf. Okay, he's, well, yeah, because he's retired, right? Yeah, so okay. he's, it's, it's, uh, he's going back to golf, yeah. and he's not an outlaw anymore. And no. Neither's Bugs. He's soft. They're both soft. They're both soft, and they're playing golf. Yeah. And this, so this is a, a Nike ad for yeah. Nike golf shoes. Not Nike golf shoes with the spikies. Um, you're okay. old now, is the tagline. <laughs> it makes me feel bad. <laughs> Why? Because people age? Okay, yeah. Well, don't feel bad for people who play golf. They're terrible. Oh, I guess so. Golf shouldn't exist. Golf courses shouldn't exist. The only good golf is mini golf. So what if, what if the the shoes, the shoes, well, okay, then who is Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan fighting? Uh, I think they're fighting each other. Oh. I think Michael Jordan's golfing and Bugs Bunny, he's tearing up the course. He's like. He's like, you should plant wildflowers Yeah, here. you don't, we don't need this now. We don't, this is, there's no need. There's no need. In this, the year 2021, you're still playing climate? golf? <laughs> And so Bugs Bunny is making holes all over the course. He's playing with the ball. Okay. He's like, hey, no. Is he getting violent? Oh, he's getting violent because he's fucking had it. <laughs> he's had it. He's drinking whiskey. <laughs> he's got a gun. <laughs> he's, he's made friends with Samity Sam. Oh. And they're in it together. They're gay now. They're, they're gay now. They're gay now. That's not a joke. They're gay now. They're gay now. And they're going to defeat Michael Jordan and his fucking... I didn't even get into his fucking gambling situation. <laughs> There's so much going There's on. So There's much so much going on with Mr. Michael Jordan. But the important thing is that he's he's not to golf anymore, he's and neither is anybody else on the planet, and Bugs Bunny will see to yeah. it. So really, the shoes, when you open up the Nike new Air Jordans, it's just nothing in there. There's nothing. They've tricked you. <laughs> it's just the box, baby. And there's a box, and it says, don't golf. <laughs> Nike. Swoosh. Don't do it. <laughs> don't. Don't do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. Nike. Don't do it. Nike. Don't do it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a hammer. Don't hurt him for 2021. No, okay. I got to go back because like mm. we, we recorded um, the McDonald's I'm Loving It ad. Yeah. And I think that was the uh, plus up for 2020, which was... But up, 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 bah. I'm doing, doing my best. best. Is Nike's? Is this one? This is 2021. Nike, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah, but the just. Yeah, the just is important. Um, oh, and so man. that's you know the the circle closes and uh, and and Bugs holds up uh, Michael Jordan's severed head. Yeah. Um, and he says, "Just don't do it. Golf. Just not even once. Don't do it, Nike." Can we put it on that on a t-shirt? <laughs> How far can we get with these things? Before someone becomes litigious. <laughs> no one's listening to this. Okay, this is 45 minutes. Let's okay. Look at, let's watch your local ad. Let's watch my local ad. Okay, so it's interesting to me that your story started with 
a decrepit theme park. Yeah. Because my local <gasps> ad no. also features a decrepit theme park my in boys? our own backyard. My boys? <laughs> Get your very own dinosaur operator's license when you visit Bedrock. We'll teach you everything you need to know to become an expert dinosaur operator. <laughs> Just like me. Yabba-dabba-doo! Chilliwack Zone. Bedrock City. A baby. We used to drive, I would say, every summer to visit my grandparents in Kamloops. Yeah. Or Kelowna. Sorry. There's so many towns. So Um, many (laughs) K-towns. And uh, and we would beg every summer as we drove past Bedrock City, Chilliwack. Yeah. Yeah. Please, can we go in and play? Never. Never once. This is funny. I also had that experience. Really? Yeah. So in around, I lived in Kelso, Washington, which is on the river, Columbia River. Mm -hmm. So going up to Vancouver was a big, was a big deal. And there were signs for Bedrock City. Really? Right? To go, to go to Bedrock City, but it was in Chilliwack. Yeah. I'll fucking go to Chilliwack. Chilliwack's a bad place. (laughs) I'm gonna just say it. And, and hey, if you live in Chilliwack, um, and, and you're queer, you know that already. You know (laughs) I'm yeah, not for sure ragging on anything nope. mm-hmm. that you don't already know. No, uh, please email us. Um, we'd love to help you. Yes, we would <laughs> love to help you out specifically. I don't have a lot to say about this ad. Um, it's just of the park, yeah. which I believe no one went to. I just feel like, like I've never experience. met a person who's actually we, been there. If you've gone to Bedrock Park, you need to email us. Please. But basically the story is it's this um, knockoff, completely unlicensed Flintstones-themed Bless. theme park yeah. in uh, BC's interior. Yeah. Uh, where you can apparently, according to the ad, get your dinosaur operator license. Now, here's the thing. That voiceover actor doing the Fred Flintstone wasn't great. It started strong. It started strong. It really tapered. It really was not good. <laughs> It was not good. I loved it, though. I, yeah. I mean, I feel like you you watch that. For me, I watch that and I see my childhood. I saw us in the audience. I see me in the back seat. <laughs> Please, Mom. <laughs> Being driven past. Please, Mom. <laughs> Only to stop at some weird roadside stop with stick candy that I ultimately did enjoy. Yeah. Or Castle Fun Park. Yeah. Love a I've Castle I've only been Fun there Park. once. I love Castle Fun We'll go. We'll get, yeah. After... You know. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, if you went to Bedrock City um, or Dino Town, I yeah. will say it's other iteration, uh, email us at creeps at gmail.com. Send us your family photos. We would love to see those. Not just not just the Bedrock City ones, like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> just send us all your family photos. Let us reminisce with Are you. we going to razz you? A little bit. A li- but it's like a in a little. friendly way. <laughs> Um, you can also email us at adcreeps at gmail.com if you have a local ad that you yeah. think we should cover. Uh, we definitely want to see whatever weird local ad has been drilled into your head yeah. a million times. Yeah. Uh, and you can also send those to us on Twitter at adcreeps. Yeah. And that's it, I think. I think that's it. Oh, and also, hey, if you oh. if you wouldn't mind. If you. You know what you should do? Now. Um, it is uh, 
if you would like to. Oh, I see what you did. Yeah. Okay. I, I, it was a callback uh-huh. <laughs> to five minutes ago. <laughs> to our own product. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you were interested in writing us a review and, and or giving us a rating on your podcast app of choice, well, that would just be darn nice of you. Oh, it'd be so good. And uh, we it would really appreciate out. that. It would help us get the word out about what we're doing. This this experiment. I, you don't know how long I fucking took to research this ad. Ten fucking hours. <laughs> a lot of work goes into this, which we can attest to, and you will see if you go to our sources page yeah. on our website, adcreeps.gay. God, I love that website. It's so good. Okay, until next time, we're signing, signing off. off. Hmm, but first, a word for my spouse.